I've been thinking about something I want to share with you today. The faith walk is one in which you never have all of your questions answered before you make a move. I mean, think about it. If you were to have it all figured out before ever taking a step, then there would be no need for you to have faith in God at all, right? There would be no need for you to use faith if you already know everything and you have everything figured out. Well, I want you to understand something today, that the faith life, your walk as you endeavor to follow the Lord's leading day by day, it will always contain, let's call it, an element of surprise. (laughs) Now, what I mean by that statement is not something that is particularly bad, Because, for example, the surprise could be in how God ends up bringing you to to so much greater of a blessing than you had even imagined. I guess that what I'm trying to explain is that you will find that as you live following after the Lord, there will always be some things that you won't be able to see, that you won't quite be able to figure out. So, do you know what you will end up having to do in such cases? Well, I think that the Bible, I'm going to let the Bible answer this question for us, okay? Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Did you hear that verse uh, verse 5 again? Trust in the Lord. How much? With all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. See, when you can't figure it out in your own smarts, when what the Lord is asking you to do just doesn't seem to make sense to you, <laughs> uh, when you can't intelligently accept the reason behind what in the world is God telling me to do, Well, see, you must decide to place your confidence in him 100%. And see, that's what faith is. That's what faith is. That's what the the faith walk is all about. You got to decide to go for it. You hear me? See, don't make the mistake that many make. They, They approach it like this. Because they don't have everything figured out first, And because God's instructions (laughs) at times seem a bit incomplete, shall we say? Well, because of these, these two things, they refuse to get up and go. See, you have to make the decision to go for it. That's that. I mean, I've done I've long time concluded that about life. You got to make the decision to go for it in life. Huh? You can't be on the sideline wondering, okay, and I heard Dr. Sutton, Pastor Pastor Jay Sutton, I heard him speak this the other day and it really inspired me. You 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 can't are you gonna be one of those who has regrets at the end of your life? You know, instead of going for it, you played it safe and you always had that question in your mind, what would have happened if I would have went for it? What would have happened if I would have got up and got after it? I don't want you to end up like that. So I'm encouraging you. You have to have this attitude. You have to make the decision in life that as God speaks to your heart, as he begins to give you direction, you got to go for it. You got to go for it with what God's telling you to do. See, what you do, you go with what you know currently. Yeah, I know you don't have it all figured out. Yeah, I know you cannot answer all the questions that everybody asks you about why you're doing what you're doing. That's okay. The thing is, 
you go with what you currently know. You step out with what you currently understand. And the rest, thank God for his grace, the rest will become clearer to you after you get going. See, as we're continuing our series, the ABC to the XYZ of the faith walk, you already guessed it, the G stands for go. (laughs) There's an expression that has become a bit well known which says, be willing to do it afraid. And at times, we're going to have to make that decision. We ain't going to have it all figured out. It's going to take us out of our comfort zone as we endeavor to continue following God. But you just got to go for it. You got to make the decision. I'm going for it. (laughs) Now read about Abraham. I'm going to share with you in Hebrews chapter 11. When you get a chance, read Hebrews chapter 11. But verse 8 says this about Abraham. Now we're talking in the light of the fact that you got to go for it, whether you got it figured out or not. And most times you won't have it figured out. You have to make a decision. It's a mentality you have to adopt. Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out, not knowing whither he went. See, God is under no obligation to tell us everything to convince us that we should obey what he's asking us to do. He has no, no, uh, mm, what's the word? What's the word? He has no obligation at all to give it all to us. And it's best that he doesn't. Some of us couldn't handle it. But the other thing that when he doesn't give us all the puzzle pieces, it requires us to make the decision. I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to trust God. And I'm going to go for it. So Abraham, God called him to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance. And he obeyed and he went out. He didn't even know where he was going. God said, look, get on out there get your family and everything. Y'all get going and uh, go to a place that I'll tell you about later on. I'll show you. I'll tell you about it later on. Get going. That's what God is saying to you today. Go for it. Get going. Get moving. Also, in the one verse earlier, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, we read this about Noah. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. See, up to that point, it had not even rained yet. It never rained yet. The water came up from the ground and and watered the herbs and, you know, all the plants and all that kind of stuff. It never rained before, but God speaks to Noah and tells him to build a big boat because I'm going to make it flood up around in here. (laughs) See, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear. In other words, he went for it. He got up and he got going. Now, the G is for go. And I'm just encouraging you, just just saying, just taking these few minutes to encourage you, because some of you are on the brink of obeying God. And God, through your obedience, will bring forth tremendous blessing, not only in your life, but in the lives of the people who you touch. Okay, but you can't figure it all out. Well, I'm here to push you over the edge. I'm here to push you. You ain't ever going to have it all figured out. That ain't how God rolls. But you can trust him. I mean, you can trust him like Proverbs 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. 
If you'll keep God first, if you'll continue to acknowledge him, he will direct your paths. Proverbs 32 verse 8, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Ooh, Lord Jesus. Let me stop right there. You're getting the message today. We're continuing again in our series, the ABC to the XYZ of the faith walk. The G stands for go. (laughs) Thank God. And I thank you for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. Are you going to go for it? Hey, let me hear from you. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time. So a number of years ago, when we returned back from serving as full-time missionaries in Guatemala, you know, we came back to the States and we had to get set up and everything with place to live and, and you know, employment. And I took a job at the school. They needed a Spanish teacher. And since I'm fluent in Spanish, I went ahead and, you know, took the job. And it was a Christian school. Praise God. It's a Christian school. So I was like, hey, this sounds, this sounds good. I'm going to be the Spanish teacher. Now, one thing about this Christian school is that uh, how can I say this? They accepted all of the kids that kind of couldn't make it in the regular public school system or were, you know, the bad cases, the ones that, that are the teacher's worst nightmare. Well, you know, they do something, they get kicked out of their school, and this particular school would accept them. So <laughs> that's what a lot of the student body was made of, a lot of the more challenging children. And, well, I taught Spanish to grade levels from, I think it was the fifth grade to the 12th grade. You know, I have different classes during the course of the day. All of them, I'm working with them to help them to learn Spanish. And, you know, I consider myself a pretty low-key guy. I'm always pretty easygoing. I do have convictions. I do have standards, but I don't believe in acting a fool. You know, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't know. I just, that's the way I've always been. My children will even tell you today that they've never heard their daddy uh, fuss, yell, and raise his voice at them. I just don't don't believe it's necessary a lot of times. Well, anyway, you know that when there's a new kid on the block or a new teacher on the block, then the students are going to try that teacher, right? So here I'm in my classes daily, and ooh, it's a struggle, you know, and I got my standards, and I'm trying to teach the children how to speak some stuff in Spanish and everything. I'm passionate about this thing because I feel like everybody should need to know at least a second language. And, you know, we're going on and and the, the, the kids just kind of cutting up, especially when I got into the high school classes, you know, during the day. I dreaded them. I really did because, I mean, they would basically, you know, they knew the rules. They knew what I expected of them. But a lot of times they just rebel and do other things and talk over top of me while I'm talking and everything on purpose. And I'd kind of, you know, try to set them in place and all. But you know what? Like I said, I'm pretty low key as a regular thing. And so they took that being low-key for weakness or something like that. But I remember one day, I mean, they had gotten on my last nerve the day before. Okay, now this the next day. And, and you know, the, the, the bell rang for this particular class to come on up in there, the high school class. You know, they're the ones that they're, they're, they're going to try to challenge the teacher. Who's that teacher? I know more than that teacher. They can't tell me what to do. All that kind of stuff came into my class. I heard the bell ring, and I realized it's about five minutes until the late bell rings, and I'm supposed to start class. So I look out my little window. You know, we had, I was actually teaching in one of the trailers that were additioned to the school, and I see them coming, and they just cussing and, and hitting each other. And I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go, here we go. Whew. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can do all things through Christ who's true. <laughs> and they come on up in the class and we got settled and, and I'm going into my lesson and all. And and uh, I forget exactly how it happened, but one of them spoke back to me and talked back to me. I told him to do something. I ain't got to do that. Something like that. Remember, I told you they got on my last nerve the day before. Hey, I can't tell you what happened, but something came over me and I I gave it to him. I mean, I just really, I mean, I raised my voice, I hollered, I, I mean, I was in control, but boy, they saw a side of me that they did not know existed. <laughs> I hollered, I had to holler, you hear me? I had to, hey, and you know, but you know what happened from that, from that day forward, there was a much greater level of respect that they had for me, not only that class of high schoolers, but throughout the whole school. I believe the word got around. Boy, you don't mess with Mr. Hunter. Mr. Hunter, boy, you don't want to get on his bad side. The word got around like rapid fire through the school. So from that day forward, I didn't have any the problems that I had earlier where it seemed like they didn't take me seriously. Now, why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this in the sense that in your Christian life, you got some chatter going on all the time. See, the devil is taunting you. The devil is challenging you. The devil is throwing lies, you know, feeding lies into your mind and everything, trying to just keep you unstable, kind of trying to keep you tripped up. And um, a lot of times what happens is we just take it, but we do, what we really need to do, we need to holler. You need to holler, you hear me? What am I saying? We need to open our mouths and speak the word of God to combat the lies that the devil is constantly just chattering, just, just throwing in your mind, self-doubt, all kind of, all the stuff mixed up, right? Well, Jesus is our example. Jesus did that. You remember when, uh, in the, in, when Jesus was led by the Spirit into the, into the wilderness to be tempted 40 days and 40 nights? Well, the devil came in him with that little chatter. <laughs> you know you're really hungry. <laughs> if you really the Son of God, you need to turn these, these stones into some Bojangles biscuits. <laughs> you know you're hungry. You know, Jesus, it says that Jesus spoke to him. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And several other times, that little chatter, that little chatter. And each time Jesus spoke, he hollered. He spoke the truth of God's word. And you know what? You and I are going to have to do the same thing. See, some of y'all, the devil ain't taking you seriously. Because he comes against your mind through what people say, through your own thoughts of self-doubt and all that kind of stuff. And you don't ever, you don't have a response. You don't ever do anything. So he just keeps on, just keeps, oh, you're going to fail again. Oh, you ain't no good. Your mom ain't no good. Your daddy ain't no good. You know, he just constant chatter. You need to holler. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell it to you in an unconventional way. But what I'm saying in the more conventional way is that you need to open your mouth and you be, need to begin to speak what God has said over you. You need to open your mouth and begin to speak the truth of God's word amidst the lies that the devil is whispering into your ears all the time. Okay? Are you with me? So, like I said, I hollered and it cleared the air and there was a new respect for me that I had not seen before among all the students. And the same thing will happen when you stand up with in who you are in Christ and you speak the truth of God's word instead of what you feel or what it looks like. The devil's going to show a new respect for you as well. Okay. Holla. <laughs> if this has touched you, if it, if it puts something on your heart that you want to share, holla. You know, leave me a message. Leave me a, 
let, 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 let me hear it so that we can all receive a blessing from that, okay? This is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations, and we're continuing on with the series, The ABC of the XYZ of the Faith Life. Remember, if you hadn't listened to previous programs, go ahead and tune into the other segments as well. All right, we'll see you later. Thank God, and I thank you for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. Holla! Hello and welcome to today's program. I'm Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations, and thank you for taking the time to tune in and listening to as we continue on in our series, The ABC to the XYZ of the Faith Life. If you've missed any of the segments, I encourage you to go back through. We're coming up on I today. Coming up on I, okay? Now, I got to tell you something. I understand a little bit about psychology because I went to UNC, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and I I majored in psychology. So I have a, a Bachelor of Arts in Psychology, and I studied a fair amount about the self-image and its potential impact upon our lives. You know, how you see yourself, how you identify yourself, what you identify with in life. All of these things are extremely important in determining how your life's going to play out from day to day. And see, there's a principle that has long fascinated me, both because of its accuracy as well as how unbelievable it sounds. And I was first introduced to this principle while I was at the university, but later as I got saved and I began to read and study my Bible, I found that this very principle was stated and supported within the Bible. I'm going to explain it to you, but let me give you a scripture first that, that kind of alludes to this principle. Proverbs chapter 23, verses 6 and 7. Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he saith to thee, but his heart is not with thee. Now I want to draw your attention to the first part of the seventh verse, which says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. And I'm actually going to quote to you from a book that was written a long time ago by Maxwell Maltz. The book is called Psycho-Cybernetics because he just kind of sums up this principle that I'm trying to tell you about. I can't improve upon his words. This is what he says. All of your actions, feelings, behavior, and even your abilities are always consistent with your self-image. In short, you will act like the sort of person you perceive yourself to be. Not only this, but you literally cannot act otherwise in spite of all your conscious efforts or willpower. Now that's incredible, and that is true. This is a true principle. What is it saying in, in everyday language? The way you see yourself is going to ter- determine what you do, how you think, uh, just going to ter- determine your life. Again, Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The way that the, the picture you carry around on the inside of you, that's dictating what you do, what you can do. It's dictating your life. So what does that mean to you and me as we've made a commitment to, to live such a life that honors the Lord God Almighty? <coughs> Excuse me. The problem or problems that, that you have not quite been able to overcome even through your most intentioned efforts, you'll find that they have their roots in the identity that you carry on the inside. Yes, they have their roots in your self-image, in how you identify yourself. And so you can't live a successful and fruitful Christian life 
without a healthy personal identity, which is based upon the truth of God's word. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, What he's outlining here is that our ability to be able to walk this faith walk, our ability to be able to live a life that's pleasing to God, it depends upon the identity that we carry on the inside. So what is he encouraging us to do here in Romans 12 too? Don't be conformed to this world. See, we all have an identity from based upon our experiences in the past, what we done heard, what we done done, what we done seen, how things are going now. So we carry around a self-image. We carry around a picture on the inside of us and we live our lives consistent with that picture. So if that picture is full of lies and blemishes and carrying on and stuff that's contrary to God's word, then we will find it impossible to live a life that is truly pleasing to God. See, your experiences, for example, they say that you are incapable. You done failed umpteen million times. You're just incapable. But then you go to God's word. Philippians 4.13 says that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Your, your circumstances have convinced you that, that you ain't got no kind of hope. It's just caused you to embrace an identity of a person that's pretty much hopeless. I ain't expecting nothing good in my future, man. Look at, look, look, look at how things been. Well, God's word, Jeremiah 29, 11, says something different. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Good googly goo, God's got some good stuff that he's got in store for you. If, when you embrace his identity on the inside of you. See, for example, all right, let's hit the bank account, your bank account. Man, your bank account has caused you to maintain an identity of poverty. If it comes right down to it, you just see yourself as, as poor and never going to have nothing. Well, God's word, glory to God. Look, you're a child of God. In Psalm chapter 34, verses 9 and 10, it says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want or lack to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. See, so you have to get that on the inside of you if you expect things to be different than they are. Whatever is going on in your life right now that does not agree with the revealed word of God as you read the Bible, you need to change it. And the way that we change it is that we take on God's identity. We change the way we see ourselves so that it agrees with God's word. Are you with me? Okay, so let me let me get ready to close out here. Just want to remind you again, the point that I'm making today is that you're going to live out a life which is consistent with your current identity. How are you seeing yourself? Your life, you're making decisions. You're looking, your outlook on life, your abilities, they all will be consistent with the identity that you have on the end, you know, your, your self-image. And I got a little bonus for you here. You know that sin that you keep committing and you ain't been able to put away? Yeah, yeah, that one, that one, that one right there, okay? Now, let me tell you something. You will gain the victory over it when you establish your identity from God's word. That's right. When you see yourself as a born-again child of God, 
who the Lord has declared righteous and over whom the power of sin has been broken, then you will live out and declare that scripture that's found. I want you to read a passage of scripture for me. Romans chapter 6 through four, uh, uh, verses 6 through 14. When you have time, please read that, okay? Because remember, you're going to live consistent with the picture you have on the inside. And if the picture on, uh, you have on the inside has been built from your failures to be able to overcome the sin, and, and then you got that song rolling around in your mind, no offense to the author or nothing like that, or it might be your favorite song, but I'm only human. I'm just a man. You know, that's the one day at a time song. I love the song, but darn, I got to thinking about that. I'm only human. I'm just a man. All right, that's painting a picture on the inside of you and on the inside of me of somebody who's helpless. I know the word of God says I'm supposed to live holy and upright. I'm supposed to be doing all this stuff, but I'm only human. I'm just a man. Oh, no, no. As long as you have that identity, you will continue to stumble sinning and doing things that you can read right in the word of God that is not pleasing to God and you're doing it anyway and you can't find the strength to overcome it. It goes back to the root of your identity. What you're carrying on the inside of you. How you're seeing yourself. So that passage I want you to read, Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 6 on through 14. I'm just going to read one verse for you here. This is the identity that you want on the inside of you because it's based upon truth. And truth is God's word. Romans 6, 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. So time out for sin. I just couldn't help myself. I mean, you know, I'm only human. I'm just a man. Uh-uh. Time out for all of that. Make the decision to take on God's identity. Huh? And then you'll walk a life, a faith life that is truly pleasing to God and fruitful and fulfilling to you. You got me? Glory to God. Okay, I'm going to close. You know, got me shouting over here and stuff, but I, I hope that this is ministered to you. And, and let me hear from you, okay? Let us hear from you. Uh, if this has brought something to your mind, you want to share something in addition to what I've shared, just come on, let us hear from you so that we can all be blessed by it, okay? Larry Hunter, five-minute inspirations, thanking God and thanking you for another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. You have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Larry Hunter. Five Minute Inspirations coming at you. Giving you a big thank you for taking the time and tuning into the program today. Hey, we're doing it, y'all. We're going through the series. We're going through the ABC to the XYZ of the faith life. And we're all the way up to the letter J. We're doing it. The letter J. And I figured I'd go ahead and let you know right up front what the J is for. The J is for jeer. Jeer. Somebody said, what in the world is that? I know somebody probably tuned in today because they don't know much about me. They ain't never heard a program. They don't really care to listen to it, but they got to figure out what in the world is a jeer. I got you. I'm just glad you tuned in. I believe you're going to get more than what you bargained for as you listen to this program. So let me just start out by giving the official definition of the word jeer. Hey, when last time you used jeer in your daily conversations? I don't know when I ever used them. You know, I just don't talk like that. Anyway, to jeer is to speak or to shout derisively. Somebody said, what's derisively mean? Okay, I'm covering you. I got you. To speak or shout in a manner expressing contempt or ridicule. To scoff at. So what it means basically is when people ridicule you for your good efforts, you're doing something good and people want to pick at you. People want to just take shots at you, pop shots and stuff like that, right? That's all that is to jeer. 
All right, now I got a question, a very important question for you. I guess my first question is, have you ever experienced that before? Has anybody ever um, picked at you or said something bad about something good that you were doing or found the fault in what you were doing when you were doing a good job? Okay, probably so. But my question here is very important. What is your typical reaction to the jeers that others may shout out against you or crazy things that they might do against your good efforts? What's your typical reaction? Mm. Now, understand that jeers... That's a normal reaction for some, not all people, but some people, their normal reaction when they see a difference in you, then they're going to jeer. They're going to throw rocks. They're going to they gonna ridicule. They're going to try to get at you. See, you display a uniqueness. It could be that you have greater insight about something than the people around you. It could be that physically or mentally you are stronger than the people that you're hanging with. It could be that you're more attractive than the people that's in your circle. Or maybe you have a more endearing personality. Maybe you've achieved more than most people in your little group or whatever. Well, whenever these this certain group of people, like I said, not all people, but whenever they see a difference in you, then they're going to come out and they're going to ridicule and they're going to throw make negative comments at you because you possess something that they don't possess. And that makes you stand out. Somebody said, I don't want to stand out. I'm sorry. If you are born again, if you are a child of God, then God's destiny plan for you is that you stand out. Huh? See, jeers will always be a part of your life because God has purposely designed you to stand out in some area. What does it say in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16? You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing. Or it is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So if you are a Christian, if you are born again, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then God has called you to stand out. He has called you to let your light shine. You have a uniqueness and God's going to use that uniqueness to draw people unto him. So while check this out, this is interesting. While some people will jeer at your accomplishments. And, and again, we're using jeer. We're talking about picket, ridicule, make light of. While some people will jeer at your accomplishment or your giftedness or your uniqueness, there will equally be other folk who will cheer and appreciate those very same things. So a word of wisdom to you is this. Don't let either one of them move you. You got to fly above the jeers and the cheers. You got to fly on a higher plane. You know, we fly a lot. My wife and I are doing ministry and stuff. And, and man, a lot of times we done took off. It's raining and storming. And, uh, well, you got to go through them clouds. You know, you're raising up your elevation. You're getting higher and higher. And them clouds have lightning in them. You see the, the clouds flashing and stuff and you up in them. And uh, it makes for a bumpy ride, shall I say. But if we, as we keep on pressing up and finally we get through the clouds, hey, it's much more smooth sailing. The sun is out. Everything is chilled in, right? 
Well, see, that's what you got to have in mind with regard to how you live your life. You got to rise and live above the cheers and the cheat and the jeers. If you do something well and people cheer you on for it or applaud you for it, receive the encouragement because you're going to need that. See, I've heard some people talk, oh, you tell them, okay, man, that was great. You did really good on this thing. Well, you know, you know, I, I, I didn't do anything. All the glory, glory to God. All the glory to God. I didn't do anything. I didn't do. Hey, the glory goes to God, but still, you better get encouraged by the compliment that somebody gave you. You're going to need that as you continue to press on. But the thing that you do, you receive the applaud or the, you know, somebody saying you did a great job at this or that. Receive it humbly. With a heart of gratitude towards God for having allowed his grace to flow through you in such a way as to bring blessing and encouragement to others. That's the way that you receive the cheers, the applaud. Huh? And if you do something well and encounter jeers and or criticism from some other folk, then take a quick moment and see if there may be some type of constructive criticism contained within what they done said. If so, then grab it up and work to improve yourself. But if not, just ignore the jeers and keep pressing on. And see, this process don't have to take a long, it don't take a long time for you to tell whether a comment, a negative comment someone has made is constructive, can help you, or it's just something that's trying to break you down. It doesn't take a long time for you to determine that. But either way, Get what you can from it and leave it alone and keep on moving forward. But again, I'm telling you, you got to learn to fly above, above the cloud cover of both the cheers and the jeers. And this is what's going to keep you stable and on course towards your destination. That's what I got for you today, okay? want you to hang on in there. God bless you. Praise God. And I thank God and thank you for giving me this another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. So you have a blessed day and we'll be with you next time. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Hey, when I was back in, in college, you know, I don't know what it was about me, but I had favor with this, the, the, the people at this particular restaurant that I would go to every now and again. You know, I, you know, we, I had a meal plan at the college, but sometimes you just want something different. So there was this restaurant that wasn't too far from the college and I had a car. So at least once a week, maybe at least twice a week, I should say, especially on the weekends, I'd take off and I'd go to this restaurant and I'd eat either lunch or dinner. And, uh, well, it's like, I, it's the kind of setup where you go get, get all your food and then you, at the end of it, they give you a ticket for what you're going to have to pay. And then you pay on the way out after you eat your food. Okay, I'd get all this food and then they would charge the cashier would charge me little to nothing. I mean, I can't even tell. It's amazing. And see, you got to understand back in the day, eating was my hobby. It was my sport. I love to eat. The more that I eat, the better. I'd eat so much that I can't even move. I'm just (laughs) I'm just and you know how everything get funny when you eat too much. It's funny, my dad, my wife and I now, when we go to a restaurant, and all of a sudden you just hear people that's just cutting up laughing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they full. They full. They've been here for a while. They done ate too much. Now everything is funny. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? But anyway, yeah, I had this favor so that no matter what I got, and I got a lot of stuff, they charged me like a dollar, sometimes a dollar twenty-five. I'm like, and see, my friends caught wind of the fact that I had this favor, so they wanted to go with me because whenever they went with me and they followed in line behind me, they'd also get a cut on their bill. 
So whenever we're around the dorm and I say, hey, I'm thinking about going to the cafeteria. Anybody want to go? Everybody wants to go because Hunter got favor with the people, the cashiers and stuff like that. And he gets a very good deal. Now, you know, when I was going through choosing my food, I never even thought about the salad. The little salad section, I'd breeze by that like it wasn't even no food there. I want heavy stuff. I'm a meat and potatoes kind of dude. Huh? I ain't want no little salad that ain't going to stick to you. What in the world? That was my attitude back then. And uh, <laughs> eventually I learned that it was more healthy to eat fresh, raw vegetables. Okay, so I began eating salads. Okay, nobody can tell me nothing now. I'm now among the health-conscious salad eaters of the world. <laughs> and I make sure to have at least one salad every week. I mean, I was iceberg lettuce back. <laughs> I didn't know at that time that of all the lettuces in the world, iceberg lettuce has the least nutritional value. It's basically just water, <laughs> okay? Sorry to bust your bubble if you really, really like that iceberg lettuce. My bad, my bad, okay? Anyway, as time went on, you know, um, got married and everything. Deborah and I, we started a family, and we really began to get more into studying about nutrition and healthy eating habits. And, and I mean, we started juicing and also preparing smoothies and stuff. And one day I learned that among all of the lettuces in the world, kale is among the highest in nutritional content. Kale? What in the world is kale? Huh? I never even heard of kale. I never seen kale. I never used that in my vocabulary daily. Never. But all of a sudden, I'm learning that this stuff called kale is among the highest. I mean, they got it's got more nutritional content in it than any other lettuce. Okay, so it's a no-brainer. I made the decision. Instead of eating my salads based in light iceberg lettuce... I'm just going to change the base of my salads. I'm going to use kale lettuce instead of iceberg. Yeah, okay, cool. And it was great to know that now my body is getting the food that is best suited for it. But there was just one thing that was a little funny. Hmm. With this kale business, it took so much more effort for me to chew each mouthful of my salad. I'm serious. It took longer for me to just, I couldn't breeze through my salad like I used to do, huh? So I'm like, man, this is work. This is a lot more work. I had to decide, am I willing to put in the extra effort in order to get what my body really needs? Or will I just stop out for the easier way of just kind of chilling with my nutritionally void iceberg lettuce salads? <laughs> Well, just as it's easier for you and me to simply wait for the message that our pastor, our local pastor delivers on Sunday mornings or to make sure to tune into our favorite TV or Internet preachers, that's easier. It's simple, but you won't really ever get the true spiritual nutrition that you need in this way. See, I want to invite you to be willing to take extra time and put in the extra chewing, chewing upon God's word <laughs> so that you can get the nutrition that your spirit man truly needs. Are you with me? James chapter 1 verse 21 says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able 
to save your souls. See, God's word is supposed to get engrafted inside of you. It's supposed to get get grow on up in there and stuff like that. And that takes time. That takes chewing. It's the same way like with the salad or whatever, whatever kind of food. You, what, what your mama used to always tell you? Boy, you better keep chewing that food. Girl, you better chew that food good. Huh? Why? Because she knew, he knew that it's in the chewing it. You got to break it down so that it can get assimilated into your body well. Hey, it's the same thing with the word of God. If you're not really doing that, if you're not willing to put the time in and do the extra chewing on God's word so that it assimilates into your system and begins to create changes in your life, then your Christian walk ain't going to be all that. Now, to somebody who's listening to me, the thought of you regularly spending time reading your Bible all alone, that means without someone there to spoon feed it to you, that seems just as impossible as it seemed to me to think that I could ever regularly choose kale salads over my iceberg lettuce ones. But hey, I did it. And guess what? You can do it too. <laughs> Once you make the decision to dig deeper into God's word, then you will find that it will become easier to maintain that decision. And you will experience a greater spiritual strength and connection with the Lord than you've ever known. I can guarantee you that. Huh? That's what I got for you today. We're continuing with our series, the ABC to the XYZ of faith, and K is for kale. <laughs> All right, Larry Hunter, Five Minute Inspirations, wishing you a blessed day and thanking God and thanking you for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. See you next time. Bye-bye. I was sitting here remembering a long time ago I had a job. You know, this is when we had been just shortly married, my wife and I, and I worked as a mail clerk at like a research facility. So I had a buddy and we would go out and do the mail runs twice a day and deliver mail to, gosh, probably about 20 different buildings on this big old research campus. And so we went out like at 10 in the morning after we had sorted the mail that came in and picked up mail from the post office and everything. Anyway, make a long story short, we'd go out twice a day and and deliver mail, and we had this rule that whoever was willing to drive, that's the person who could determine what radio station we're going to listen to. <laughs> so we were as different as night and day, because my partner, you know, he, he ain't care nothing about the Lord. I had just gotten saved not too long before that, and I'm on fire, and I'm hungry, and I'm wanting to grow in the things of God and all. And he don't care nothing about the things of God. He, you know, smoked one cigarette after another, and and, um, you know, listen to what I would call crazy music, you know. And so sometimes I'd, I I want to drive just so that I can, hey, when I drove, I put it on the Christian station. Yeah, because I want to grow. And, man, he would give me some looks. And his looks told me that he thought I was loony, loony tunes. You remember that cartoon, Looney Tunes? He thought I was crazy. He'd just look at me as he's blowing smoke all throughout the van and, and, and see when it was his turn or when he elected to drive, of course he'd have it playing heavy metal rock and all this kind of stuff. And I was barely hanging on. <laughs> and, you know, we get back to the mail room and everybody else in the mail room, they just kind of regarded me as different. Man, he's the different one. You know, he, he, he ain't like the rest of us. He ain't cool like the rest of us. 
hey, one afternoon I remember that, you know, we had to get everything ready for our 3 o'clock mail run. We're going to go out to all these different buildings, and it takes about 10 minutes once we leave the mail room to get to the first stop. When we get to that stop, we got to get out of the van, and, and then we're going to do a lot of walking and taking mail to this building, to that building, to, you know, all, all around. Well, this particular day, man, it was raining cats and dogs all day. And neither one of us were looking forward to getting out on this afternoon run because we're going to get all wet. We got to try to keep the mail dry as best as we can. It was a bad, it was a pretty bad time. I remember something came over me and I just told him, I said, you know, let me tell you what's going to happen here. It's raining now. It's just pouring down too. When we get to our first stop and it's time for us to get out, it ain't going to be raining no more. Oh, he looked at me like I did, man. You, I just like I thought, dude. You are. He even said that, dude. It's just like I thought. You are crazy, huh? See, he wrote me off as being totally loony. But you know what happened? Yeah, you know what happened. When we finally got there and it's time to get out the van and take the little baskets of mail and start distributing them throughout the buildings, it wasn't raining. And it's amazing because that particular day he drove, and he's got his music playing, of course. But when we got there. And he realized that it wasn't raining. He just sat there in the driver's seat staring at me like, I don't know what to do with you, man. I don't know what to make of you. See? Okay. Now, I got a question for you. <laughs> Have you ever been called crazy or loony because of what you believe or because of the decisions that you make based upon what you believe? Has anybody ever looked at you and said, do 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 he crazy he looney tunes huh well can you handle it if people uh misunderstand you or falsely accuse you because of what the stance that you've taken or what you believe how you want to live your life you know what i thank god that we have an example in jesus jesus do you believe that jesus went through that same thing well, the Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 4 that we don't have a high priest who can't be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but one who was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So see, everything that we go through, Jesus already went through it for us, or he went through it so that he can relate to us when we're having a problem. Do you think that people call Jesus crazy? Hey, his own family called him crazy. One time he was having a meeting, very successful meeting. People were getting healed. People were coming out in, in, in groves, just bunches of people coming to his, his meetings and everything. And his, his family heard about it. And the word of God says in Mark chapter three, verse 20, it says, and the multitude cometh together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. And when his friends heard of it, See, some translations translate this friends as family. When his friends or his family heard of it, they went out to lay hold on him. For they said, he is beside himself. In other words, doo -doo 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 -doo, they wrote him off as loony. He's doing what God wants him to be doing. But at the same time, he's being misunderstood. And it hurts even more when you're misunderstood by the people that are closest to you. Right? His family, his friends. But they, they wrote him off as loony. He crazy. Can you handle it? Can you continue on pursuing what God's put in your heart to do when other people along the way misunderstand you or even count you off as loony? Hmm? Something to think about, right? Even Paul. Remember Paul? Paul, he was sharing the gospel with Festus and with other high-ranking rulers. In Acts chapter 26, verse 24, it says... And as he thus spake, 
for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself. Much learning doth make thee mad. I mean, Paul, Paul preaching, and right in the middle of his message, Festus with a loud voice, he hollered, Paul, you loony, man, you loony, you crazy, dog. <laughs> All right, so my what I want to encourage you in, and my little message to you is a simple one. I want you to get ready, because if you have not encountered it yet, you're going to come across, as you are pursuing the will of God with your whole heart, you're going to come across people who just, they can't figure you out. They can't make heads or tails of why you do what you do, why you say what you say, and they're going to make a conclusion, you're loony, you're loony, you're crazy. That's what it is. That's your problem. You're loony tunes. All right, I want you to be, make up your mind right now that you will continue to pursue the will of God even when you're misunderstood by others. And like I said, even when those others are the ones that are closest to you. Let's let Jesus be our example and let's continue going forth shining as a light in this world. Okay? Hey, this is Larry Hunter. Five Minute Inspirations. We're continuing on with our series, The ABC to the XYZ of the Faith Life. L is for loony. <laughs> I thank God and I thank you that you've given me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye.